That's right, folks. We're back live once again. Bonjour, shalom, and what's up? And welcome back to How You Living in 2018, y'all. Live, in effect, from the Just Paid Rent Studios here in the Chaz Tower. The Million Dollar Studios. Wow, wow. That's where we're at. The Million Dollars. How you living, Chaz? You know, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I had some shrimp scampi this morning. Um, or I should say this afternoon now, and it was good. That's cool, man. Uh, yeah, I made myself uh, a breakfast sandwich. Oh, there you go. It was also delicious. Bacon or sausage? Uh, it was uh, bacon, actually. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, bacon. Bacon American cheese, though, you know. Oh, that's the classic combo. I went classy. Uh, but here we are, live effect on a Sunday. Uh, first of the year, second season. That's uh, right. Episode forty-five, uh, <laughs> and uh, moving on through the uh, through the new year, man. How how was your New Year's, Chaz? Oh, it was good. It was super chill. Uh, hung out with some friends, played some board games. Yeah, couldn't complain. That's good, man. How about yours? Uh, it was nice, man. Yeah, I uh, I I went up to the mountains, got a little uh, snowboarding in at the Stevens oh, there Pass. You go. Yeah, it was. Uh, was a good good amount of snow up there, so had fun. Gonna gonna try and do some more of that this year in the new year. But uh, that, as always, is our early banter, and then it brings us to a little segment that we like to call callbacks. Yeah. On the callbacks. Yeah. callbacks. That's right, folks. It's callbacks. And uh, this is the first of the year, first of the second season, callbacks that have happened and uh, things we've seen or done in other episodes that bring back to light today. Chaz, what's on your callbacks agenda this week? I mean, you know, uh, little little Cheeto Drumpf and uh, Little Rocket Man are back at it again with their... Uh, Twitter posturing or everything. So if y'all don't know, North Korea always does like their end of, or beginning of the year address. And of course, uh, Kim Jong-un was like, hey, we got the nuclear button on my desk. Was it good? And then, of course, little Donnie Drumpf had to be like, yo, mine is bigger. I'm going to smack you with my dick, bitch. Yeah. Okay, he didn't say that. I'm paraphrasing. But a that's nu- basically what he said. A nuclear button <laughs> pissing contest All right. is essentially what we got. With the most volatile and most likely to launch a nuclear country in the world currently. Yeah. Right. No like, big deal. Like, you you know it's bad when you got me thinking, I'm like, well, what would Jack Ryan do? Because this <laughs> seems like a sum of all fears coming in real life right now. Right. And I'm yeah. like, oh. Okay. We, we need all of the incarnations of the Hollywood versions of Jack Ryan to come together. We need Harrison Ford. <laughs> we need Ben Affleck. I don't know who. What did they put in the last one? Harnet? <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, it's getting crazy out there. So I don't know what's gonna happen with that. Like, like when we talked about it last time, it was definitely we remember the fire and fury comment, and I still remember his arms being crossed. Like I'm like, ugh, you can't be saying those words with that body language. But yeah. Um. But yeah, now now that it's going into straight up, just like I'm gonna just shoot you, I I don't know what's gonna happen. I I really don't. I don't know how long there's gonna be posturing. I don't. 
I mean, we can maybe still have some solace that the technology for them isn't totally there. Right. But it, like steadily, like while we we're idling time, they're just continuously working on it, so they'll get there eventually. Well, and he, here we are, what a few weeks away now from the Olympics. Oh yeah, happening down there. So, it, well, in in uh, South Korea. So you know that's gonna just kind of play a different role of international presence in the region and uh it'll be interesting moving forward you know kind of what happens in that in the saga of the north korean missile posturing against our president it's 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 so weird to have uh, the almost the more loose cannon version of a leader mm-hmm. <laughs> like kim jong-un almost seems more like conservative in his movements than trump but uh, other other callbacks in the first of the year uh, that you've got? Um, just a general callback that announced 2018. So it's time for y'all to get ready for them 2018 midterms. But also get ready for like your local elections too. So, you know, we're going to be talking about stuff like that every week. Uh, we're going to make sure that people have the resources in their area to make sure they can get out and vote. You know, everyone's trying to be bugging with these... Uh, id laws and everything so you know see if there's uh different groups or charities that are helping people get those who can't and everything like that so you know helping people get registered to vote all that so you know or registered to run for certain positions if there's still time that's right signatures for different uh municipal positions different county positions state positions you should look into it Find out uh, what the process is, what are available, who's running unopposed, mm-hmm. you know, what positions need to be filled. So, uh, yeah, we need to we need to start building that kind of matrix of uh, of leaders that we want to to work with in uh, in shaping the laws in in a positive manner. So that also is a callback, uh, you know, I guess just in general, the uh, continued, uh, you know, fight for not having Trump's laws uh, supersede state laws. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, we're going to have um, an issue with uh, immigration uh, employment, and now we're going to have a problem with cannabis uh, cultivation and sales. Oh, yeah. Due to Sessions movement. So that's going to be an interesting thing, and people are going to have to stand up and fight for that individually. You know what? That is a good segue into Bill Watch because those are exactly the bills I have, and that's what they're about. Sometimes I feel I've got to. Bill Watch. I guess he has to watch Bills because his name is Chaz, and Chaz likes Bills. Uh, what's, what's your segment in Bill Watch this week? Right, so we were just talking about Jeff Sessions and trying to take away the federal protections that Obama put forth for weed so it could flourish in the states. And you know states' rights is pretty much like a bipartisan issue where both believe in that degree of federalism because we were built on that. So there are two uh bills uh one in the senate and one in the house so the one in the house is called hr 1227 ending federal marijuana prohibition act of 2017 and uh, what this one does it does legalize marijuana it basically takes it off of the schedule one list but the reason why i don't like that one is it does nothing for the people who were 
wrongfully incarcerated for selling weed or just having like a dime bag or an ounce or whatever on them. Right. Retro- but, retroactive jail removal and yeah exactly but the one that's uh sponsored by cory booker and a bunch of other folks is senate bill 1689 marijuana justice act of 2017 so that is the so both of those if you hear those coming up and you want your elected officials to support marijuana legalization but also um legalization decriminalization and also repudiation of wrongfully imprisoned folks i would definitely tell them support s 1689 marijuana justice act but don't support the ending federal marijuana prohibition act of 2017 but what i would hope is it'll be one of those things where kind of what they did with the tax bill where you know they had the bill of the same name they passed two different versions of it then they go back to the committee talk about what the changes should be and then just make sure that the democrats have to say the people who are in jail for weed need to be freed and also they need to be i would say compensated for their time because of how blatantly targeted they were for doing said things right and uh, i mean i know i know republicans are going to have a problem with that because they're going to see it as a handout and they're going to say the rule of law is the rule of law back then it was illegal you shouldn't have been doing it enough said and i know that's going to be like in like a fight there but i don't think that's something you need to give on because that's important and they know that's just a cover for what was blatant and like hey we're gonna make this bad in the eyes of the american people so they feel justified in their vilifying of people who do it and then you know I mean, they've been doing that since 1929, so it's just, you know, different minority group, different era, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah, Sessions is uh, outstep, you know, overstepping his, you know, kind of boundaries as far as what he can do as a attorney general, in my mind, mm-hmm. getting in the way of states' rights, but we'll see, you know, how it plays out and uh, what that kind of plays into the narrative of the November elections and kind of what seats are up for play in states where this is uh, an important issue. So, uh, that what other uh, po- political um, state of America uh, things do you have to open the year, Chaz? Well, I guess uh, talking about Jeff Sessions a little bit, but how Jeff Sessions being Attorney General kind of deals with the Mueller investigation. Uh, so, after Jeff Sessions said that he was doing away with those uh, Obama-era rules, uh, even the GOP was calling him to resign, and there's some prevailing theories out there saying that this is what Trump wants because Trump also wants to be able to fire Mueller from the uh, that investigation because, you know, he feels like he's getting in hot water with it all. Right. And so this him, Jeff Sessions doing what he wants to do. And even though Trump said in previous uh, interviews that he wouldn't do that. Uh-huh. And so basically calling him to get out basically gets him to have an attorney general that isn't recused from the Mueller investigation. And that would give him a little bit more leverage in how that investigation goes. So it's kind of like a little bit of a political cat and mouse game with uh, this whole thing. Yeah. And Sessions vacated his seat. So if he does uh, leave the post he's at, he'll basically be out of a job. Mm hmm. So, and, you know, he's not necessarily the most popular as he was maybe when he was kind of just an unknown Alabama senator. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting, the, uh, the story of just Jeff Sessions, uh, pre and post Trump, I think, will be yeah. his political life. Because I think he's going to be, 
I, I less of a figure once he gets let go. That's true. Yeah, I, I you can know. see that too. Especially with Doug Jones in his seat now, like kind of showing the democratic movement of that area. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, that's gonna be. Uh, yeah, we need more. You know what? Yeah, I want to see if I can talk to someone in Alabama that really led the fight in getting people registered. And definitely what helped was that new law that they had down there that allowed uh, convicted convicts to vote again. So that was good, too. And if we can get more things in the state legislature, because there's a lot of places in America where if you go to jail, you don't have the right to vote. I'm looking at you. I guess Alabama is one of them. Mississippi, I believe, is another one. And Mississippi, they're like, honestly, their GDP is the prison system, and that's a fucking problem. And so, so yeah. definitely need to look down there to hopefully see if there's some progressives running to kind of start chipping away at that very racist, very entrenched system based on previous slavery and just using the exact words of the the Thirteenth Amendment to actually keep doing that. So, so yeah, we'll we'll have to look in that too. Yeah. Well, uh, moving forward into twenty eighteen, uh, as Trump uh, has to make kind of do with a political party that's kind of abandoning him, he's really gonna have to either decide if he's uh, if he's really a, a one term president who's gonna kind of ignore that, or if he really wants to be a two term president and help them on the twenty twenty side. Uh, as far as being on the ballot, and uh, in, in in that sense, he needs to start making deals, you know. Yeah, I mean, so the the GOP is painting the tax plan like it's a good thing, and I do think based on the minuscule uh, raise they'll get um, on their paycheck, they will see that as a win for them because uh, they won't see the big picture like in the micro. It's good in the macro. Oh my God, it's fucked up, and. And I think that will kind of carry certain candidates in the midterms. Yeah. And I do. And it's because it's one of those things where you have to explain the nuance. And when you're on the campaign trail and you're having debates in those settings, nuance isn't like that understandable. So some of the politicians can come up with a way to succinctly tell people this is the wool they're putting over your eyes. Uh, This is what it'll do this many years down the line and all that. They might be able to sway them on their side. But right now, I think because of the momentum of the tax plan and the perception of it given from the GOP, I don't think it's going to be as hurting as the Democrats would like it to think unless they can articulate why succinctly. Yeah. And there's probably going to be some economic benefit, at least in the kind of initial as there's some tax relief to different businesses. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be a bump and that they're going to take that as the kind of evidence of the win. But on the long term, it's going to be a problem uh, on the aggregate, um, not collecting the taxes uh, from wealthy individuals that could maybe kind of pave the way for a modern future that is, you know, more efficient. We probably could spend some of that money on uh infrastructure we could spend it on like solar we could spend it on you know new forms of energy yeah like geothermal in places there's yeah you know the problem with that is every time i listen to someone from the gop they anytime we have the conversation about fossil fuels they always explain it as that's money in the ground why would you leave money on the ground all right and I was like, well, Bill Gates would probably leave a penny on the ground if you say that. 
Uh, and right now, in the grand scheme of things, that oil that you see as money is a penny on the ground. So that's why I say you would leave it in the ground. And plus, in, it's always just the way they hide it when they talk about energy. And what they mean in energy is fossil fuels. So it, it's definitely more of a we understand that this resource is rich. And we understand that we can export this resource as well, too, which makes us further rich. And so I think that kind of entrenched interest in fossil fuels uh, will keep them going. Like, yeah, if we have more ways to make money, we make money. Being rich is good. And I think they understand the global warming thing. And I feel like they just make justifications not to believe it. Therefore, it doesn't have to be something they embrace because then that would change what their actions were in all of this. So, Well, in, in this week, the administration did open up uh, additional areas for drilling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So they're going to be doing drilling in the Arctic, in the Atlantic, off the coast of California. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, you know, expanding that market. And they have 2019 is when the drilling can begin. So... Yeah, I mean, it's like if you look at that from from the GOP's perspective, that's a win. Yeah, that's that's getting the ball in the end zone. And, and, you know, the people who are going to be sitting in the in the bar, you know, trying to wonder where they're going to get work. They're going to be like, yeah, why would you keep jobs from us? I want to be able to take care of my family. Like, what do you mean? I don't give a fuck about the environment. I want to take care of my family. Right. And it's in the short term. I feel you. But, you know, we got to think in the long term. And in the long term, it just ain't right. But, you know, I see people who need work and want to work. We'll see this definitely as, you know, stop treading on me. Stop keeping me away from getting mine. I'm like, all right, okay. Well, yeah, and I just (laughs) see it as the next next big, like, when's the next big accident at one of those? Which one is going to be operating during a storm? Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be something that's going to hit one of these and that's going to be the I told you so moment, but where it's going to be too late. So, yeah, I mean, they're not going to listen to I told you so because dollar dollar bills is all they care about. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. And and that's why, like, if we want to look at it economically, what we have to be able to say is, hey, we need the we need to do more installations of renewables because renewables is the way you want to go. And it's the way that humanity will go eventually uh, when forced into it. And America is only not going for it because we got we hit the geographical jackpot to some degree when it came to fossil fuels. And there's also this entrenched interest in that fossil fuels is what made us great. Definitely when it came to the Industrial Revolution and the uh, how the middle class was built up on blue-collar jobs in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. So, so yeah, it's those things that keep going on in people's mind where when you're fighting that, you're going to have to, I feel like, find a, a suitable economic replacement for them before you get them to be on the side of global warming. Because until you do... They're just gonna dig in. They're gonna dig in their heels because it's what they know and it's what's valuable to them. Yeah, yeah, man. It's it's yeah. It's gonna be ongoing. I mean, because the way the system is, like you, you're always gonna need a competitive rival to to challenge for these positions. So there's always gonna be a conservative side, just because there needs to be a flip of the coin. There needs to be another you know dimension, mm-hmm. and so we're always gonna be battling on some kind of semantic issue. 
you know, where ultimately the goal is the same for both parties. It's just they're not they're not accepting the 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 ways and then in, ultimately on, on kind of you know the left leaning like judgment side it doesn't ever feel like they ever take uh credit for their mistakes oh yeah you know as much as they take credit for anything that positively either worked <coughs> or was left over from a previous you know uh situation or anything you know like they always just kind of ignore any time they make mistakes. So that is true. Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, okay, well, we just had the new year, and uh, the new year is the passing of time is kind of marked. You know, we count down. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm, a celebration. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets new calendars. You know, fireworks, and uh, and so that got me thinking about time. And so today's uh, what we can do to ignore our problems moment is uh time travel tv shows and movies oh shit okay because you know as we're looking at time you know sometimes we need to dream of the times we could move forward move backward experience history uh what are what are some of your favorite uh, uh shows and or movies that use the premise or the ability of time travel Okay, okay, you you unlocked a little bit of the nerd in me right now because I love me some time travel. There's there's some solid ones, man. Um, so I'm gonna go with the one that uh, is pretty classic. I grew up on that's Quantum Leap. Ooh, okay, yeah, yeah, going television. Uh, yeah, Qu- Quantum Leap, solid TV show. Uh, in the late '80s, kind of, I think. Maybe I think so. '80s, '90s, maybe moving into the early '90s. Uh, what's the actor's name? Uh, Scott Bakula. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, that is it. Yeah, you are correct. Uh, Scott Bakula of, uh, Quantum Leap fame, and also, I, I think he was in the A-Team, maybe. Uh, no, I mean, uh, I don't think so. Okay, he just uh, looks like the guy from He the was A-team. on Enterprise, though, one of the, uh, Star Trek shows. Th- there you go, there you go. Uh, uh, also, another favorite of, uh, of that generation is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, shit, I forgot about that, John. Using, uh, the, the, the phone booth as a time travel piece. Uh, they would they would experiment with uh, with with history, find out things, and bring an element of it back. Yeah, to help them write a paper. Uh, what other uh, time travel things? Um, movie wise, there's uh, uh the seminal classic Time Cop. Okay. Oh, right. Is that a that's a JCVD? Yup, yup. Okay. So uh, it, yeah, it would, and I like that one because it was an interesting. It's always interesting to see how time travel movies handle you meeting yourself (laughs) and in this movie when you meet yourself like something that happened to you in the past will show up to you on your future self so i think the main villain got like a scratch and then that scratch was like a big ass gash when he was young and then you could just see the scar when he got older and i think one of the more hilarious moments is and i think because it was an action movie they didn't think too much about it but um this one guy he was in like i think the 1850s went back in time had this like you know your typical cowboy get up and he went up against this guy and he pulled out two uzis and just lit him up and i'm like oh my god <laughs> and then, 
Wow. So, so yeah. And, and the nerd in me is like, so those shell casings are going to be found. What is someone going to do with that? What is, it's because that metal alloy and at that level of technology didn't exist back then. So if someone like saw that and figured it out, like, you know, there were microscopes back then. So maybe there would have taken a little time for them to understand it. But I think that that alone would have gave a boost in technology that, Maybe is seen in the movie and maybe isn't, but I just like to think of little butterfly effects in time like that. Which, by the way, <laughs> is also a movie starring Mr. Ashton Kutcher, which involves time travel. Holy shit, I forgot. <laughs> is the butterfly effect. Yeah, that's a good one. That's 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 in the, in the realm. Uh, also, Star Trek Four. They go back to, like, 1984 about the approximate date of the filming of the movie Star Trek Mm -hmm. IV. And uh, there's a whole thing about saving whales, and uh, they communicate with them. Yeah, Uh, that was a big one. Uh, Obviously, for the nerd in you, you said earlier, uh, good old uh, Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. It's a travel time, time travel. That's right. He is a time lord. Uh, Exactly. In his uh, flying uh, police box. (laughs) Indeed. And, you know, the internet got a little bit hype because uh, there's a female doctor now. And they're like, but, 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 but reasons. And it's like, calm the fuck down. She she can do what she wants. I mean, now we are just called the doctor, the doctor. No need to supplant gender there. The next one can be trans, but I guess it wouldn't matter because the doctor is just a doctor. So, so uh, yeah. what else? We also, uh, of course, uh, Terminator travel through time to try and prevent the awful uh, future that we were going to enter into. That's right. It I, It always cracks me up because Terminator 1 is kind of like a thriller. And the Terminator is the bad guy. And in Terminator 2, he comes back again. But he's a good guy because John Connor now knows and reprograms him. And then in the third one, like, he comes back again because they're trying it again. Right. And then, but then you get to see how Skynet takes over in that one. You're like, what? And then there's, like, Kristen Bale's one where he's already in the future fighting. And that one was, it was, yeah. And then there's probably the penultimate time travel experience, which is the trilogy known as Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. You know, Robert Zemeckis and his uh, team of Christopher Lloyd and Mr. Michael J. Fox. That's right. Time traveling uh, throughout uh, and and utilizing the DeLorean to its uh, most popular potential. Yeah. You know. Outside of maybe rappers at this point. They do love their uh, doors that open. That's true. Uh, the Lambo-style doors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also on the list, uh, Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah. That's right. The original. He finds out that it was our planet. All along. All along. So, so yeah. You know, it's been a, it's been a theme for a long time. I'm sure there's uh, hundreds of others out there. People are, are screaming uh, at their... Uh, listening devices being like, what about this one? It's my favorite time I would, experience. I would definitely say there's two There's two more I want to mention that have an interesting take on what they think the future is going to be. Okay. Um, and they're both on Netflix, so if you want to check them out. Uh, the first one's Continuum. It's a, it's a Canadian show where this futuristic cop comes back in time to follow these terrorists who are trying to take down corporations before the corporations and the government aren't like they're basically the same thing. 
Right. And so you, you're wondering, like, this lady who is a cop in that future, so she believes in the construct, and they don't. And it just kind of goes on to say, like, who really is the bad guy here, though? So I think it's an interesting take on that, like the socioeconomic and sociopolitical structure of uh, free markets and capitalism runs amok in our government, is what it says. And then there's uh, Travelers, which is a Netflix original which basically has people from the future inhabit people's bodies that were going to die anyway the moment before they die and they're back in time too also trying to stop bad things that happen in the future from happening there but then there's this other group called the faction that's against them and it's kind of like should we be stopping this and the main thing is i guess spoiler alert a little bit is there's a computer ai called the director and because it's a computer ai it can do so many calculations the second that it can tell all possible uh, outcomes in the past and what they need to do with their units there to get the future they want and so there's basically like, should we do that? And then there's the other group that goes, nah, we fucked our shit up. Maybe that's the way it should be. So, yeah, yeah. it's interesting. And then there's some kind of outlier ones, uh, Interstellar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> shit. That's right. Which is like, it's well, it's like an outlier because it's not really time travel as it is time differential because he experienced time at a slower rate. Mm-hmm. So he's technically not traveling through time. That's actually like physically, theoretically possible. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that one's a little weird. And then the other one is kind of, since we just came out of the holidays, is Charles Dickens' classic, A Christmas Carol, a time travel piece. Yeah, yeah. Scrooge travels time. Mm-hmm. He goes to alternate futures. That's right. Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas future. Yeah. So in that sense, I feel like uh, that's got to be one of the uh, the earliest uh, time travel yeah. movies. You know, I'm sure there's uh, some, uh, what is it, H.G. Wells. Yeah, the time machine literally started the trope, so. Yeah. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> and OG. Shout out to the god. OG HG. Young young HG. <laughs> young HG out there. Oh, man. Dropping his quill. That's right. If you hear that, send us hashtag OG HG. OG HG. <laughs> young HG. HG uh, the god. Um, but yeah, that was the uh, the fun little divergent topic was time travel. Just to kind of give you a, a little moment. If you need to uh, let go of the Trump era for a second, uh, divulge into a, a time travel movie. Yeah. Watch a little Time Cop and uh, check a season of Doctor Who. There's only uh, 49,000 of them. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, what other important agendas did you have to to start the year off? So to start the year off, I wanted to, in my random musings, I wanted to talk about, some people are going to be like, <gasps> I want to talk about the construct of whiteness. And you're probably like, okay, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and you, and I, I bet What's you there's up? some, I bet you there's some troll. What's up? Okay, go ahead. I, I bet you there's some troll out there who's going to be like, oh, there's probably some anti-white racism out there. I'm like, no, 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 no. What I'm talking about is how the construct of uh, race is there and how the construct of whiteness was built to create everything that we have right now. So, so basically it's saying that basically we didn't have race as we have it today until about the the late 1600s and any of those who have studied race knows that there are basically scientists and i put that in quotations uh, that 
created these official documents that says we white people are the superior race to black people and we can choose it uh, we can show you that empirically right of course it was um not empirical research it was just something they made up but it looked official enough and they had enough authority back then that people started to believe it so that's the type of thing that led to slavery that's the type of thing that leads to what we have now so when we have like conversations about uh so going all the way up to black lives matter uh i was watching this thing from now this where one guy went to a trump rally and he started talking about Black Lives Matter, and he was saying we're not anti-cop, we're anti-bad cop. And when he said we're not anti-cop, the the crowd jeered him, and they were like, yes, you are. And then he started talking about Eric Gardner, and it was all like, when they choke out a man unreasonable, and they were like, no, he was a criminal. And I'm like, and that goes into the whole construct of it. It's like, his, so his humanity can be broken because he did a criminal act it was a minor criminal act um and uh, yeah it was a minor criminal act and he got choked out for it and died and that goes uh on a later episode i'm going to talk about the rule of law and how that plays into it as well too and so when you keep like uh what is it reinforcing the idea that whiteness is better even though now it's done more subtlety and it's kind of engrenched in the culture is something that folks have to start looking at and saying like you have to do away with it because it's it doesn't help it takes away from the humanity of everything but you can still see the dug in entrenched interest that white people are saying they're better than other races because of that from that happened in the past boom <laughs> if the mics weren't attached to the table you would have just heard them drop <laughs> uh yeah and i guess you know on top of uh for the for the new year other important tasks is uh the the idea that some people who are listening or know people that are out there that are listening uh they should be running for something this year yeah uh let's start a segment called uh hashtag hyl book club and of course the first book of the beginning of the year should be the uh don't just march run for something uh, the real talk guide to changing the system yourself uh, i've been digging into it a little bit and it's a really good read um i'll try to give y'all a review at the end of the month about it HYL Book Club, and uh, you know, I guess since it's in the news, and we might we should touch on it for this episode, HYL Book Club, uh, a thumbs up, thumbs down, uh, the Michael Wolf Fire and Fury. Oh yeah, I need to definitely read that one too. Uh, just dropped yesterday, sold out in stores everywhere that it was at. Uh, what do you think of this uh, supposed inside look into the early days of the Trump administration? Uh, Michael Wolff, uh, appeared on, uh, the Meet the Press today. Mm. So, um, you know, he, he definitely is democratically leaning, it feels like, but to some degree had access. Um, I think he wants to, to make it seem like he's neutral to some degree, but, uh, yeah, it's an interesting, uh, look. Um, I definitely think don't look at it like, it's a textbook about the Trump administration. It's definitely one person's opinion, you know, through their own lens. But it'll be interesting, you know. 
So what I've heard from it is that he supposedly has tapes and recordings from the White House that he pulled from. But there's also some skepticism on him himself because he, as a reporter, sometimes will write things down that a person didn't said um, or his note taking skills aren't up to par where he'll have a whole interview and have no notes about it. So it's kind of like, should we use it as full empirical proof of what we believe Maybe not if we're being a little critical of it. We maybe shouldn't use it too much as confirmation bias. Is it Fifty Shades of Trump? I mean, is that <laughs> is that really what it is? It's like Trump fan fiction in a weird way because it's like it's 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 almost to the real, but it's not real. You like, know. well, what I'm interested in it also too is the Steve Bannon memoir. Yeah, that came out that said if you want to find out the real corruption, you have to look at money laundering. And so that'll be interesting to see if anything comes about from that, because definitely Trump didn't like it. Trump's attacked it. But that's what that's what he always does. Like, yeah. It's the same old song and dance. He plays the same cycle. He says something to rile you up. You you go up against it. And, and then it's kind of like that birdie in the air while he's getting you riled up over here. There's something else going on over there. And that's the bigger thing. So, you know, we just, in 2018, we definitely got to watch out for that. Yeah. And we got to set up these candidates right. We got to get them running now. That way uh, they get a little steam going into summer months when people actually start thinking about it. It is a midterm. So uh, get people registered that are new or you've moved and uh, and get ready for it. Yeah. Uh, um, what what, uh, what is uh, out there for you to help uh, our listeners maybe grow their brain? Oh, crap. Yeah. It's the beginning <laughs> of the year. Oh, crap. Year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, go for it. Uh, let me see. It's the beginning of the year. So, yeah, I will just tell you to read that book that I just mentioned, uh, Don't Just March This Run. It's kind of a callback because we talked about it in the last episode, too. But, um, but also, I would go out there and look up Justice Democrats and also the folks running at Indivisible and the people who are with Run for Something and look at those candidates and see where they are in your area because there's a bunch of uh, more local races that they're running for and I'm definitely going to try to give some emails out to some of them and try to get some on the show to interview to see how that's going and have them talk about their struggles, their triumphs, what they want to do while they're running and all that. So, yeah. And we'll we'll start breaking down the bigger races. We'll start getting the... uh the the senate races the and the and the possible governorships that are going to be up mm-hmm. come uh 2018 uh and and kind of see what kind of the shoot for the stars moment oh yeah you know because those are the big the big the big prizes but uh we'll see we'll see what's out there and and let's support the local candidates that actually have the agendas that can can get it done have the respectable character that can go through the gamut that is in gauntlet that is uh you know working in 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 public office where people are going to look at every little piece of their life and whatever they've done so you know hopefully we get the right candidates pushed forward and uh in 2018 will be a successful campaign indeed you know and uh outside of that man this might be uh a smooth quick and dirty early uh episode for the season uh you can always get a hold of me at the uh, twitterverse th- at Seatown mayor helping out the uh, municipalities by the sea uh my man chaz 
yeah, you can always hit me up at CRSII on the Twitters. Make sure you hit me up with that hashtag Bill Watch for any bills that you want to be on the show so the folks out there can know what to bug their elected officials about. Also, hashtag HYL Book Club. Uh, tell us some books that you want us to feature on it. What what people should know in the political landscape and critical thinking and skepticism, whatever. Community building, gardening, yeah. a good cooking recipe. Exactly. We Bug like kitchen. to eat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as always, uh, you can shoot us an email at hylbox at gmail.com. That's the hylbox at gmail.com. And we will respond and or talk about what you mentioned on the show. Uh, as always, Chaz, it's a pleasure. All right, it's good to see you, Mikkel. Happy good, New Year. Happy New Year to you, man. Good to see you. And uh, 45 in the books. 46 coming up next. Woo whoop. All right, we out. Peace. Well done. Yo, so Mr. Yakin, slew them up their feelings, them a carry them done, but already and them can't say them sorry, yeah. Slew them up their feelings, them a carry. Who no want to do them something again? Well, you what you with me? Who them a could have got them a try? Them got this king, still a see what you all of them die, yeah. Who them a make us see them with them spell? Them this is money, well, and them soul gonna hell, yeah.